Hi everyone and welcome to Michael Wright's podcast episode 245. Um, it's a bit of a weird one to do this because we're so close to kick off that I can barely function due to being so nervous. As always, I'm Jack, joined by Casey. I'm relatively calm. I wish I was. I put on um, Twitter... Once you've stared into the abyss of relegation and accepted its cold embrace. No, it doesn't help. <laughs> um, no, I was saying, I put on our Twitter earlier that like a lot of games recently, I haven't been nervous, or at least if I have been, it's sort of not kicked in until around the team news coming out. This one, I've been shitting myself since Tuesday. I just, I don't know why. I mean, I am scared of some of Villa's players, but it's more than that. I think it's just that I know that these two games, Thursday, Sunday, are uh, everything. I think if, like, if we fuck up these two games, I think we're dead. Uh, I, I'm, scared, <laughs> I'm scared of some of Villa's players. I'm petrified of Philippe Coutinho. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll come on to Villa. Um, the We got started with uh, the Jesse Marsh era, which just feels weird. Uh, no, against him, it does just feel weird. A 1-0 defeat to Leicester. One of them weird games, because I think if we'd have had this exact game three months ago, we'd have come out of it relatively happy mm. but we're beyond the we're beyond the point where good performance and you get a bit unlucky counts for anything it's all about results now it was the four triple two that um is his main formation we we thought i thought that it might be three four three given our squad but now he's gone straight into about four ailing played at center back dallas right back cocking central midfield uh harrison and rafinha on the wings rodrigo and james up top but the front floor four was quite fluid. They swapped around a bit. So the the first question I've got for you, obviously I've said we've got beyond the point, but can we take any comfort in the performance? I think so. When you've conceded 14 goals in three games, the, the success of it taking Leicester that long to score against us, um, you know... We we defend we defensively we looked like a normal team, you know. The, the we were relatively well organised. Everyone seemed to be in areas of the field they should be. Um, Stuart Dallas looked like he never played right back before for some reason. But apart from that, I, you know, I thought we actually looked all right. Mm. I, I think I think that's a bit harsh on Dallas, although he was very poor on the goal. There was a, but it it, it wasn't his best performed by any stretch. But yeah, there, what specifically was it that you that you liked about the way we played in this, other than just getting rid of the heart attack that is man marking? Because <laughs> uh, um, man marking's great in theory, but it's terrifying. <laughs> it it did feel like. When when we regained possession, like we we got that energy back for counter attacking, um, not that we did it as as effectively as as we did at our peak, but it it seemed like the players seemed to have that extra spring in the steps, so that when we won possession, we you know the the wingers were getting forward quickly, and we did quite often fall into a, almost a four two four. At times, um, I, th- I thought the midf- the centre midfield worked very well. I thought cock and clicked. I thought I th- cock and click worked in as much as it allowed click a lot more freedom. And now that he doesn't have to track runners either, 
I think it makes his life a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, I, I must admit, the counter-attacking was one of the things I took away. Like You look at the chances we had. James that James chance early on, the Rodrigo one that he blazed over, which should have been a better chance for Harrison, but it was a bad pass. Mm. Uh, Harrison's one going across the keeper. Um, I think all of those were basically caused by winning the ball high up and breaking quickly. The big Rafinha chance was the one where we played his way through the whole way. Like that got Furpo in down the left. But the that really did make a difference. And that's one of the things that um it gives it I think that's the big difference with having the second body up front. It just means if we do win it, there is someone there. Because the number there was a lot of times when James has been on his own up top, where he's put on some really good pressure and forced them into just like an a clearance that goes to one of our players. But because James has already chased down the ball, there's then no one to hit. And now there is an extra player there. And that seems to have made a real difference. Yeah, I, th- I think overall that the style of our pressing really does suit players like Click and like Rodrigo more, who, mm. who I don't think are players that are designed or capable of, of really tracking men for for long periods of time and especially when you're doing it man to man and if you're Rodrigo who at times let's say can be a little lackadaisical when it comes to following his man um, I think this does take the pressure off him now that all of a sudden there's not going to be a gaping hole there because everyone else is following their man um, so as much as I, I do think do still think it can work because I have seen it work. It, it it's almost a case of it can work, but it it feels unnecessary now. Yeah, uh, Rodrigo did. It's been a bit of Rodrigo's one of the weird ones who's had a lot a lot of mixed reviews after the game. I thought that he was pretty good, with the exception of his final action. You know, it, it, again, I've mentioned it that far past to Harrison the sky shot, he could, but I thought he got into good positions. And when he wasn't going after a specific man, I thought his pressing was much better. Mm. And probably because he had help. It wasn't like, wait, you are playing, you are this man, you are playing off the front, so your job is Wilfred and Didi, who is quicker than you and quite strong. Smarter. So it had just probably turned away from him. Whereas with this, it was, oh, we've got pressure, so now you can push on to you can chase after the centre-back. You can go on to the full-back. But you can just make sure you get some pressure on the ball. And he seemed a lot better at that. The goal that they got, which was basically their... Was that their only proper chance? Um, the, yeah, they, they, they had a couple of chances. I think there's uh, is it the one from... Is there a header that Melier spills briefly and then... Oh, yeah. Dives yeah, back on. Yeah, I forgot um, about that. that. That was actually a re- that was actually probably a better chance than the goal. Come to think of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought for for the players they have, and I know obviously they're still missing a couple of players. Vardy was back in this one, although he's injured again now. He did cause us a lot of trouble with his runs in behind. Like yeah, that that run if, behind and obviously he gets strike. But well, I say he gets strike, but strike doesn't challenge him. He just. The problem is, once he's away, you're then too close to him. 
Yeah, it's almost but like the... you've got to try and go back inside and. Yeah. Luckily, Ailing covered well because obviously, if Ailing isn't covering well, that's a red card. Yeah. But Ailing did cover well, so it was fine. And the, the one that caught him, so bringing him down, even if he didn't mean to, was the right thing to do. But their goal, there was a few things from a Leeds perspective that were really annoying. Like, um, we have the ball at their end. And that was, it, it started, the ball went in and Rafinha, instead of being on his toes, just is stood complaining about the ball not coming across and doesn't chase back. Now, it's not like Bielsa, it isn't quote-unquote his man, so he doesn't absolutely have to chase back in the same way. But he should have got back. I think Robin Cox stepped out a bit early and didn't get there, that didn't help. But then when they got into the box, I know he's two against one, but Stuart Dallas either has to stay miles away or go to the ball, and he sort of does neither. Yeah, he finds which himself in help. no man's land, doesn't he? Yeah, which really wasn't great. And to be honest, I still, I, it, I, I'm definitely not going as far as it's a massive goalkeeping error. It's not that far, but I do think Melier could have done better, and I think he should have. I think he probably should have gone with his feet. Hmm. I I wasn't supposed to be Melier for that one. I, I think it's yeah, as it goes, it's it's through Ailing's legs, and it is <laughs> right in the corner. It's just inside the post. Um, but. Yeah, it was really disappointing because I th- we'd created a number of good chances up to that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got, not that single game XG matters, it's more for tracking a long-term trend, but 0.39 to 2.15 was in for goal. And I think other places had it as like a half to around two. It didn't move loads, but basically we just were the better side by a distance. And that's what made it so frustrating because we haven't had nearly enough really good performances this season. And I won't go as far as this one being really good, but I would go as far as good. And it was a game that we we deserved to win and we absolutely should not have lost. Yeah. I, I think I think we're very unlucky not to come away with a point. It, you do start to look at um you know Rafinha's chance, which is is what he should absolutely take all day, which is very frustrating. Um, no, it it was it was nice to see us have a game where I'd, I'd say probably for seventy minutes we we were still we created regular chances. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't a short period of the game that we did it or anything like that. I, th- I thought for the most part we were we were a threat throughout. Yeah. Because uh, there's been a few games where we've had a good ten minutes, haven't there? And we've cons- we've had oh we have like the Spurs game, for instance. You look at that game, and we did have a load of chances, but they came in blocks, and mm. the rest of the time we were just getting done. Uh, but this wasn't like that. Uh, the bits of news coming out of it. Well, this one isn't really from it, but the it got confirmed after the game. Leo Yelder's had an operation. Sorry, Yelder has had an operation. Uh, might make the end of the season, but you would think. Unless we get some injuries, he probably won't play again this season because yeah. people are back now. And Tyler Roberts, with his very, very, very unfortunate substitute appearance, comes on. Both of them go for a high ball. Both of them stick the foot up in the air and Roberts comes off worst. And by the sounds of it, he's snapped that tendon that attaches your hamstring. Yeah, he's had surgery out for the season. Um, everyone in the world, it's not hindsight, during the game was saying, just take him off. He's doing more harm than good both to Leeds as a team and to himself. Uh, I don't know why we didn't take him off. He probably would have been out for this long anyway. But Je- Je- Jesse Marsh did come out in the press conference and say 
he was determined to stay on the pitch. Uh, so if people, he have have been com- if people weren't complaining about him on Twitter all year, he'd, he'd have gone off. Yeah. Should, uh, should leads of, um, even if it was Roberts saying, no, I need to stay on the cap play with 10, should leads have said, get off the fucking field? <laughs> Yeah, I understand <laughs> trying to play through an injury, but he, he could barely move. No, it was it was more of a problem than. Mm. It, there, there was that point when he gets the ball and he just sort of flimsily kicks it away. I, I can't call it a pass. Mm. Um, he just said, "I think it just just come on, just 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 go." Yeah, it's um, not like say I, I, village I cricket. Appre- I appreciate the effort, and if he if he was there thinking, I'll give it a couple of minutes and see, mm. fine. But yeah, he 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 was struggling to walk. I'm pretty sure he knew immediately. Like he was he was knackered straight away, mm. and it, it, it's a shame for him because you never want to see someone injured. Uh, in terms of how it affects his chances for the rest of the season, I don't think it does. If I'm being honest, uh, if he isn't. I don't. I'm not nearly as down on Roberts as a lot of people is, but that doesn't mean I'm up on him either. I just think he's a squad player and that's that. Medium. Yeah, he's just a I am yeah, as MJF would say, mid. Uh but yeah, it's a it's a shame for someone's season to end like that. Um so coming out of that game, I was terrified because it was the early kickoff. But everyone else did get beat. <laughs> which, you know, you don't want to be relying on everyone else, but if everyone else could keep losing all the time, that would make me feel better. Uh, yeah. I think that the the one of them that's probably worth briefly mentioning is how bad Everton were. Well, you know, they've got, they've got a top a top top manager in there who said he's been very impressed with with how things have been going um, since since he arrived, and then after the defeat said. Oh, you know, there's a problem with the culture here, and that you know these are issues that have been around long, long before I got here. Like classic Frank. Yeah, com- yeah, proper Frank Lampard. Just gonna there's also myself from these problems. Not that I think for a second it's going to happen. There was a story this week that um, Everton's losses are over the three-year FFP losses allowance by about 130 million pounds. Uh, it's something like you're allowed 140 and they're at 270 or something like that. I don't know. It might be more, it might be less. I can't remember the exact numbers. Um, I don't think they'll do anything about it because, you know, Everton are a massive club in the history of English football. They're not going to give them a points deduction that might relegate them. Frank Lampard is like one of the darlings of English football, but, you know, whether it's FA, Premier League, the press, all of it. So they're not going to do that to him either. There's also still well for Wayne Rooney. Yeah, there's also the COVID defense as well that they can just say, yeah, but it's because of COVID, and they'll probably go, yeah, fair enough. So I think it's a bit of a non-story, but it is worth mentioning. I'm personally hoping for a deduction to whatever is below us. The championship. Yeah, legal. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you know, I don't want it to be a deduction, but if that's what it ends up needing to be, I will be pro because football is tribal. Um, so tonight, this this one isn't going to be the longest one, by the way, and we're hoping to be back Saturday before the Norwich game. Tonight, Villa. Um, their last two games, they've won 4-0 and 2-0, uh, and they've played like a 4-4-2 diamond, basically, with Louise at the base, Coutinho at the top, 
Ramsey and McGinn, which is pretty good midfield, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's they've finally started trying to incorporate, um, you know, two good quality strikers because Danny Ings has, has been the one that's kind of dropped out in in recent weeks. And then the last couple of weeks, I thought, ah, let's let's see how it goes if we play him and Watkins together, mm. and it's worked. Yeah, and they've also been willing to go Viscatino and Buendia thing isn't working. Let's just play one of them. And in so, current form, sorry, Emmy. <laughs> yeah, in current form, hardlines Emiliano. <laughs> yeah, you've been good, and you were good for Norwich, but look at this lad. <laughs> <laughs> this lad's really good. Um, so in midfield, if we stay in like the four triple two, it's going to be a bit weird because all their midfielders are central. Um, so you sort of, yeah, Louise will probably stay back a bit, so he's less of a way, but Ramsey and McGinn and then Coutinho all in the middle. We happen to pick whether it's click and cock again or Forshaw comes in or whichever, it doesn't really matter. Hmm. Will we just have the two? It it makes me wonder if Leeds might go into a diamond themselves and have one with two in front so they can have someone sort of on Coutinho and then two more. Not actually man-marking, but just two, just so we've got an even number of bodies. Mm. And then, as much as I don't really want him there, I was going to say maybe it'd have to be Rafinha at 10 because you want him in the side, but maybe Rafinha ends up... If it, if it is a pressing three in the way we had a pressing four... If you had Rodrigo, James and Rafinha, they'd probably all end up playing as the 10 at various points because they kept swapping over, didn't they, in the last game? Mm. Uh, it's not ideal, but I just, I'm just i very scared of the matchup if we don't change. Because in the last game, their last game was 4-0 against Southampton, who were playing a 4 triple two, And Coutinho just kept getting into space in between the lines getting forward, dropping in deep, picking up the ball, and he just absolutely rinsed them. If he'd have been able to finish, he'd have scored for himself. So if we play a 4 triple 2 I'm terrified. Yeah, can't finish. Very bad player, very bad. Yeah. Uh, Hell of a reference there, Casey. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I, especially after the last game. I, I know it's not going to be it's almost going to be the opposite as opposed to at Villa Park when it was players getting dragged around the pitch to create the space. It's almost now the concern that they're you know, in their natural positions now that they're going to be leaving too much space. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you counter that by playing like a 4-1-4-1. Um <laughs> and you have you have <laughs> and you have cock there as the holding mid who, who sort of occupies that space. Um, or if you if you do play a a three four three, then you you have a central defender who has the ability to step out a bit further, perhaps. Yeah, um, I, hadn't, I hadn't really thought about playing. The problem is if you play that. You've still got that two v three in the middle, yeah. And that that just it, I with without wanting to be incredibly playing the game football manager about it, we're in danger of being overrun in midfield. 
<laughs> Shut up, ass man. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose it depends on how you'd set your three up front. Whether it's if you because if you did it as two central strikers with a ten, you kind of have someone occupying Louise in that case. But if you are doing it as a striker and two wider players, yeah, then you then you've got the extra man there. Yeah. Def- defensively in this, I'd quite like the idea of a 5-3-2, but you can't press from a 5-3-2 because you're too deep. So we definitely won't be that. Yeah. Um, um and I and I do want us to press. I always I do I always want us to press. I am um, one thing that Bielsa football has done to me is when I watch a team just sit deep, unless they've got like 10 men and there's 10 minutes left, and we when the team just sits back, I can't I find it borderline unwatchable now. Mm. I'm just like, oh, fucking do something. It's a sin <laughs> to the art of football. Yeah. Um, the only other thing, if we do play the 4 triple 2 is if we can press really well and force them to just go long and can win the ball, we might be able to force them to drop McGinn alongside Douglas Louise, who I nearly called David Louise then. Uh, and then the numbers are a lot better. Then it sort of works. So it is doable. I just think that if we play the fortable two, we have to be really on it in the first fifteen minutes, like really on it. Yeah, obviously after the last game as well. God, Jacob Ramsey was good. Yeah, like he was now, fantastic. He'll still be a threat, but he's less of a threat when you don't have someone a lot slower than him man marking him. Yeah. Um... In theory, he shouldn't just be able to sprint fifty yards in a straight line and be in on goal in this game. Yeah, I mean, as a as a as a front six, it's quite it's a good team. Is that for Villa? Mm. You know, I, th- I think what uh, Danny Ings obviously will always score goals at this level. Ollie Watkins has is just gotten better and better as he's been in the Premier League, and then that midfield four is mm. is very good. You know, really like John McGinn, love Jacob Ramsey. Um, so it, you know, it is just a case of then on you know when we're in possession, is can we trouble their centre backs? Yeah, that's that's one thing I've got in the brief notes I've written here, saying like I was looking at theirs and going, they'll obviously have Ings and Watkins against probably our two centre backs, roughly. I know it's not man to man anymore, but I still have to, I still see games as battles now. Yeah, uh, it's a tough ask, is that? But when you look at that team, if we are playing that formation, there's a lot of space up top if we can get the ball forward quickly and into feet. And mm. if we can press Tyrone Mings well, he will give us the ball in a dangerous position. Because he just that's just what he does. And alongside him, whether it's concert or Chambers, neither of them are that great in that situation either. Yeah. Um yeah, like I say, having having seen us at Villa Park, the defensively they really weren't up to much. And I, and I, I didn't I didn't think Dinia did a whole lot either. Matt, I think Matty Cash was was better, and I quite like him. Um, I'm not day, sure. Dinia but... Dinia was out in the last game, and I'm not sure if he's back yet. So it might be Ashley Young. Oh, he had. Um, I believe he had COVID. So I think he. I think he. If I read, if I remember rightly, I read that he was still out. But 
Because yeah. um, if I'm, I know that our players are now coming in field a bit more, but they're still drift wide when we've got the ball. Rafinha versus Ashley Young could be somewhere where we get some joy. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to have a look now and see if there's any uh, any news on him. But I'm sure there'll be some. Um, Concert and Dinier both available after missing Saturday's win with COVID. Okay. So probably, although it might not be Concert straight back in because I'm led to believe that Callum Chambers had a pretty good game. Um. So yeah, it's. It, it it's a game that is very much dependent on us. One defending better than we did last time at Villa Park, which we should do. We should do. <laughs> we should, in theory. Um, but now, like the fact that we got we scored essentially from a set piece there. Yeah. Um. And and. It just, I really didn't think much of their defense. Like, I thought up against Dan James like, in a game where I didn't think Rafinha played particularly well. Rodrigo had a good, had a good game from yeah. sort of midfield. Um, so yeah, th- th- there's, there's no reason why if we can't attack, you know, if we don't attack well, why we shouldn't create chances in this. Yeah, it's the more I think about this game, the more it's sounding like I should be having a look at what odds both teams to score is. Because <laughs> it's yeah, it's feeling a bit like that. Um, do you think Leeds will make any changes? Uh, it's worth while mentioning Urente is actually fit for this one, and Forshaw is has actually trained all week this time, which he hadn't last time out. Bamford is available, but they've pretty much said will be on the bench. Yeah, I I would imagine Bamford comes on. There is a very cynical part of me thinks oh, it's a bit of a PR exercise. This whole Bamford stuff, but I uh, think he'll get on this time. Yeah, Marsh pretty much said he is coming on at some point in the game this time, and I doubt he'd want to start lying this early. Damn Yanks! Mm. Um, I don't know. To be honest, I've. I don't know if he'll change the back line. And if it would be one of Urente or Cock could play right centre back, Ailing would go to right back. Mm. And it depends who he prefers out Urente and Cock. If he prefers Urente, I'd probably leave Cock in midfield. If he prefers Cock, way. Uh, then maybe, maybe go to either Forshaw and Dallas. But then you, but then we talk about dropping Click, who I thought. Yeah, then you dropping Click. Who, yeah, he did have a good game. So for me, yeah. out, out of the starting lineup from the Leicester game, if there was someone who was going to drop out for me, for me, it would probably be Stuart Dallas, just just based yeah. on that performance. I, I could see that happening. It depends whether he, whether Marsh played Ailing there just because of the injury to Urente, or whether he just thinks Dallas suits right back better. For him, because mm. you would say that it has reached a stage now where Dallas is a bit better at getting up and down from that position than Ailing is. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, 
I could, I could honestly see us not making any changes, to be honest. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see that being a possibility. We played quite well. Mm, yeah, good, very good team. Great group of lads. Yeah, I wonder... The other thing that I, I did have a note here, just whether it'll happen or not, whether this 4 triple 2 whether we might drop Rodrigo off the front a little bit more. Still up front, not the way that Bielsa did. Mm. But maybe drop him off a little bit to try and get him on Louise every now and then, out of possession. Just so there is that extra body in there to help out. Yeah, um, possibly. But again, whether that would then mean if he drops in and then we win the ball, whether that would mean he's 15 yards too deep to impact the play. I'd, it's sort of a, it's a weird one because I haven't seen enough of this yet. Like we had got to the stage where you could pretty much write down how a Bielsa Leeds game was going to go, and you'd be pretty much right. You might not be right about the level of performance, but the attempt, you'd know exactly what was going to happen. And it's kind of nice in a way not knowing that, but it's mm. also terrifying. <laughs> yeah, there was slight comfort in there in in knowing how. <laughs> How these things were going to work, yeah. except for the that if it if it goes wrong, here's exactly how it's going to go wrong. Yeah, except for the substitutions, they remain wildly erratic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. I I'm hoping it'll be as entertaining as it was last time. That'd yeah, be tough. That was a really but, good game. Um. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm positive going into this one for. For absolutely no reason whatsoever. Um, I don't. I don't think I've got positive or negative in me. I've just got nervous. That's all I've got now. I mean, I have been needlessly positive most of the season, despite the fact we are sixteenth in the table or whatever it is. Is it fifteenth or sixteenth? Uh, we are sixteenth at the minute. Brilliant. One point ahead of Everton, who have two games in hand. Five two points in a row. Yeah. Two points ahead. Two points ahead of Burnley, who have one game in hand, and yeah, we've yeah. lost five in a row, which is the worst form of any team in the division. Yep. And the we'll second, be fine, right? And the second worst goal difference. We'll be fine, right? Got sixty. What? Hang on, sixty-one goals conceded. Yeah, oh. which is is three more than Norwich. God, oh, that's a horrible number to look at. Um. That's also a horrible sound to listen to. Uh, uh, sorry, it's, uh, it's, it's my daughter <laughs> coming. It's my daughter coming through the microphone from downstairs. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to back us for a win here, and I'm going to say, I'm going to say a one-nil win. I have no idea. <laughs> like absolutely no idea. Uh, yeah, I definitely think both teams score. That's the one thing that I'm fairly confident on. So I ought to say nil nil now. Um I'm gonna say two all. Uh I think a defensive masterclass compared to the last like, game. I think that the minimum from these two games, the minimum we have to get is four points. Um mm. we're not dead if we only get three. we if we don't beat knowledge, then <laughs> they might have I mean... that pay. Paying out I'll, on relegation. I will say that this ne these next five games: Villa, Norwich, Wolves, Southampton, Watford. Yeah, like that. It's That's a, a kind run. It's it's a nice run. Chelsea, Palace, 
City, Arsenal after that, not so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's five games in a row. You know, if you, if you can get nine points out of that, I, I wouldn't be. Yeah. Which I'm assuming that this one of fixtures is why they chose to change it when they did. Because I think they just didn't back us to get any points the way it was going. And they knew these five games are probably the key. If we do well in these five games, we're probably fine. And if we don't, we're probably down. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we can get something. Uh, that would normally be the end, but we have reached this stage of the season. Tonight, Norwich are at home to Chelsea. Um, Chelsea <laughs> might be a bit distracted. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not going to go into the news I have should, should. I mean, there obviously should be sanctions, but whether it should affect a football club in this way and, oh, what about the fans, etc. Just, it's... Like, Chelsea need to know that the important thing is that this can't distract them from the task at hand and that's putting about eight past Norwich. <laughs> yeah, ideally. Um, I did some... Someone say, "Can you put this for me in layman in lay terms, please?" It was like, "Yeah, you can't sell Lukaku now." Yeah, that chairs. It's an odd one. I also saw someone on Twitter saying that you could buy tickets for Leeds' under twenty three game away at Chelsea, and I'm not sure you can. <laughs> yeah, um, you can't buy Chelsea merchandise anymore. No, from, it's a weird from one. from official club outlets. Anyway, you can still. But I, even, I assume you could still get one from Sports Direct or whatever. Uh, probably. I assume, probably, so, I, I assume yeah, they're bought they will have already, the manufacturer. Yeah, they will have already bought that stock. Hmm. So that money's already gone to Chelsea before the sanction kicked in. But you might not be able to buy any more. Because the licensing money would still go. Ooh, that's a very good point. Yeah, um, it's a very good point for a totally different podcast. Yeah, it's in the same way that season ticket holders can still go because they've already got the money for that, but you yeah. can't sell any new so tickets. I think over the next few weeks you're going to see Stamford Bridge slightly emptier each with each passing game now because again, if you have a ticket, you can go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no more match day, no more ticket sales. But all of that stuff aside, even with all the distractions, surely Chelsea are still going to beat Norwich. You'd hope so. I've put Norwich or draw in my bet for tonight. Put it out there. <laughs> I, I have had a pessimist's treble, which is Villa or draw, Norwich or draw, and then in the other game that affects us, I've got Watford or draw away at Wolves. I'm basically backing all the results I don't want. I want these all to lose. Um, it's very hard. Way to Wolves is a tough is a tougher one to call, but you'd like Wolves have on Wolves have only um, can there's quite low scoring. Like they've played twenty seven games, scored twenty four, conceded twenty three. Hmm. Wolves at like they really do keep it tight. Watford don't defend well, but they have got some good attackers. However, Wolves are one of the teams better set up to deal with that. So I would have to fancy Wolves. And it's not like Wolves have got nothing to play for either. They're eighth. They are five points off Spurs, but that's not <coughs> uncapped. It's certainly possible to catch them, and especially with how wild and inconsistent Spurs have been. Mm. 
Right, I was just looking through the Premier League fixtures. So last weekend was match day 28. Today's fixtures include match day 19, match day 20, match day 21, and match day 30. Yeah. It's been a bit of an odd season. Yep. Oh, and next I... week. And next week we get match day 16 with Brighton versus Tottenham. Hmm. Obviously, it doesn't go in as predictions thing, but I've got a feeling that Watford are going to nab a point here. They were, they were quite good against Arsenal. I know they got beat, mm. but I watched that game and Watford were pretty good. You're just trying to make yourself upset now. Mm. Before it's even happened. So what did we go? I went to I went to a piece and you went for what? Uh one nil win. A one nil win. Well God, I hope you're right. In fact, I hope you're wrong. I hope it's four nil to Leeds. <laughs> That'd make everything feel better, wouldn't it? Right. Um, so in theory, are you good for Saturday? Yep. Should cool. Be so we should be back on Saturday because KC's off work and I finish at like two PM. So I don't know when it what is the late kickoff? On a, on Saturday. Scum uh, Spurs. Uh, yeah. yeah, it might do like might it might it might be afternoon, it might be early evening, it depends what else is on and Sorry. whether oh. go for a beer. Yeah. It's all depends, coming together. Yeah, depends whether we go out for a drink or what we'll see what happens. It's a weekend, hopefully something happens. Uh but that'll do us for episode 145 at Mighty White's podcast. Um I I'm so terrified about tonight and God, I hope that when I get back in that car at the end of it, that I'd feel like the walk back up Beeston Hill took about 20 seconds. So I've been Jack. See ya. I'm in case. See you. Have a good one. In a bit.